Rio, a cidade foi pro mar. Rio de Janeiro, redentor, braços abertos pra quem chega. Chega! Eu vi o céu nosso dos olhos da menina. Peguei a estrada pra vitória, fui beber minha capixaba. Meu Brasil, Salvador é logo ali. Bahia boa, tem galão, a mulher boa e a gente à toa. What is going on, everybody? We are back again for another week of the Sports Card Show podcast. Hopefully, you guys are all doing well out there. We've got some, uh, you know, interesting thing. I'm going to keep this short because it's a great day. Uh, I'm recording this on a Thursday, and we've got the first round of the U.S. Open golf. No Tiger, but uh, looks like an interesting field, interesting tournament. Um, the course is set up a lot differently than um, years past in the U.S. Open. So uh, should make for an interesting uh, week of golf. That's probably on the back of everybody's mind because we've got the NBA Finals where the at the current moment, the Spurs are up 2-1 after putting a beat down on the Miami Heat. Um, so that's an interesting series, and, and the Spurs could go into a kind of a commanding position tonight. And we've got the start of the World Cup, which is the one I would know the least about. Uh, but that's going to be all over the place and all on TV, and so I'm sure I'll learn more about that. In terms of sports cards on today's program, so I'm going to try to keep it short with all that. You know, I don't know if you got a whole lot of time to listen to a podcast, and I sure as heck uh, probably have other things to tune into myself uh, other than this podcast. So I'm going to try to keep it short, like the last show. Th- you know, hopefully 30 minutes. We'll see. We're going to talk about Panini Prism soccer a little bit. Um, now that the World Cup has started, I'll give you kind of my, I'll go out on a limb and give you a prediction, like I'm, uh, you know, some kind of uh, psychic. I'll give you a prediction that I think there. Talk about, I was listening to the Mojo Break podcast. I try to listen to some of the sports card podcasts myself. I've been listening to the Mojo Break one, obviously. Um, the other one is like Beckett has one now. I think it's like on Thursdays. I think it's today. Um, and I thought that the the quality and the sound uh, quality and just the quality of the speaking and kind of the stuff they talk about was actually pretty cool. Um, so I'm list- I've been listening to that one. And... Um, but on the Mojo Break one, I think a week or so ago, they were talking about Loot Crate, L-O-O-T Crate dot com. You could check it out as you're listening along here. Uh, Loot Crate. I'll give you my ideas on that. And that's a business model that I've I've talked about on this show before. Um, Panini Points. Hey, this will probably be our main topic. Panini Points was uh, Panini Rewards, or they have a really bad domain name. Like Panini, I don't know if like someone higher up must make the domain decisions because it's www.exchange-paniniamerica.net. I mean, I'm, I don't know. You could go to GoDaddy right now or wherever you buy your domains and type in PaniniRewards.com. And if it's not available, you probably could make a case that that domain is yours uh, and not have to compensate whoever is holding it. Considered Panini is probably maybe not a registered trademark. It's, you know, they probably could prove that it's that they are the rightful owners. No. You go to exchange-paniniamerica.net 
And then there's a logo that says Panini Rewards at the top of the website. So it doesn't make any sense. The, the title of the page is Panini Exchange. You can tell what they have like people that are not U.S. Set the, you know, development for this kind of stuff is not cheap in the U.S. So you send it out overseas. And sometimes I don't know if it's the language barrier or just an Internet knowledge barrier, but seems odd. That's the one, I will say that is the one negative thing. Not to give away my opinion on the Panini reward system, but really the domain name is one of the few negatives I see so far. We will talk about uh, some of the sets that have come out recently. We'll talk about um, you know how people are making money, if they are at all, selling this stuff. So we'll talk about that, and that's it. Let's move right along. This has been a big week. Um, we've had Panini Innovation Basketball that was released. Top Series 2 Baseball was recently released. Score Football, I think, at the retail level has been uh, released. There's been other products. You know, earlier this month, we had Tops Pro Debut, Tops Tier 1 Baseball. Really, you know, baseball, they tend to stretch out their releases. It tends, you know, you get one a month almost, it seems like, or one every three, four weeks. Well, in the last uh, like two weeks or last week, you had Pro Debut Baseball, Tier 1 Baseball, and Top Series 2 Baseball. So it's been quite a run in baseball. So I was actually surprised to see Top Series 2 seems to be selling uh, decently on the secondary market. I'm talking about unopened boxes. I don't know how the singles, singles tend to do very well for Tops products right in the beginning um, and tend to fade off as more sets come out. But... Top Series 2 Baseball, if you were a wholesaler, wheeler, and dealer, you could have got this for about $50 a regular box and about $80 for a jumbo box. And I looked online, and regular boxes are selling for about $60 to $65, and jumbo boxes are selling about $110 to $115. That's actually not that bad, $15 uh, you know, $15 spread on the regular boxes and you're making uh, over $30, $30 on jumbo boxes. Again, that's before you have to pay PayPal. That's before you have to pay UPS or FedEx or, or the United States Postal Service to ship it. And it's not cheap anymore unless you have a really nice account with UPS, then you get good rates. Um, but if you don't have an account, you're screwed. Um, you know, so yeah, after you pay all that, yeah, you might make five, five, six, seven, eight dollars on this stuff, which is not that bad, quite honestly. Especially for a top series two, which should be fairly, uh, relatively easy to have pre-ordered. You should have been able to get as many cases or almost as much as of it as you wanted, which isn't always the case. So not not bad. I was actually, you know, here's a product I always get on the show, and I often get emails especially around this time of the year and you know right around where it's supposed to be a good year and you you should make you should be able to make some money as a as a wheeler and dealer a lot of people email me and you know a lot of them have already gone through the process of setting up a wholesale account and kind of seeing the price list and then kind of seeing on eBay like they get their price list and then they go to blow out cards or 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 eBay and stuff like that and they see it's selling for less than what they can get it direct for through a wholesaler. Uh, and I tell them, no, you're not missing anything. That's uh, That's been the story of the game when I was back in it uh, several years ago. Uh, that's how it is. Maybe you could, you know, maybe it's, you can buy it for 50 and sell it for 65, but there's a lot of cost in there. 
you know, your PayPal fee is going to be, I don't know, four or five bucks probably. And obviously ship it out is going to be another 10 bucks. So it's not easy to make money. Innovation basketball. This is a set. I, um, you know, went through the checklist, put it up on our site and I'm not, this is a set. I'll just talk about Panini Innovation Basketball. I don't think many of you are probably going to be collecting this set. Um, it was about $75 to $80 wholesale, and most places had it priced at $90, but I'm pretty sure that's because, you know, that's about where you're supposed to price it. I, I don't think it, it's going to sell at $90. Innovation Basketball is a base card less uh, set for the most part. There's a set in there, an insert set called The View, which kind of almost looks like a base set. And there's also the stained glass cards in there, which I actually think, you know, for a set like Innovation Basketball, you'd think, oh, they're, they push the envelope on some stuff. They'd have some, I don't know, shoelace cards or they'd have uh, some uh, net cards or they'd have some uh, floor cards, which aren't used uh, all that often, or they'd, you know, they'd have some innovating player combinations in there. They'd have, you know, they'd, they'd pair some guys up a little bit, or they, you know, maybe that would be the base set. You'd have dual cards or triple cards as the base set. I don't know, but they don't really don't innovate a whole lot in innovation basketball. And this, but the stained glass cards look kind of cool. And I actually think the, that car, that card set could almost stand on its own. You could either ditch innovation basketball and just kind of come out a, a set that revolves around these stained glass cards or make the stained glass cards in innovation basketball, the base set, make those kind of the, the main cards have lots of little different parallels. The other thing I don't think Panini does well, I don't. I think they do it a little bit better in football, not much better, but they, they don't make a lot of just regular, nice autograph rookies. If you think about Tops, Tops baseball, Tops football, but Tops baseball especially, they have really nice autograph rookies of players. You'll have Tops, you know, Tops Chrome. You'll have Bowman chrome or a regular bowman even maybe a bowman draft version you might even have a bowman sterling or a bowman platinum or you know just the base autograph rookie is kind of nice whereas with panini they have some sets that they do a, a decent job with that prism they tend to do a good job with that again it's just an extension of the base set and they get them to autograph it you know i think national treasures obviously are known for the autograph rookies contenders is known for the autograph rookies and again it's just a base card that's autographed it's not some specially named set called apprentice or rookie jumbo autograph rookies or whatever it just looks exactly like a base card and it's autographed you know absolute memorabilia is another set that has you know recognized rookies but Panini comes out with a lot of sets where they try to do a little too much with the rookie card. They try to put it on a piece of leather or they put it on a piece of acetate or they, you know, they put it in some special set. Just make it a base card and have the guy autograph it. It's worth a lot more. It's a lot more desirable. It's a lot more recognizable as a rookie card. So I think Panini drops the ball there. Drop the ball there in the innovation. There's no clear, like, this is Michael Carter Williams autograph rookie card out of innovation. Really, it's like kind of just a mishmash of stuff in there. So I, I don't like that set. I think you should stay away from it. They're already incentivizing it. For every case that you ordered as a dealer, you got these special packs that had these special parallel cards, which will actually be probably relatively valuable. Um, but it just shows you. 
Panini's having this incentivize the the purchase of this product right in the beginning. Wait till the national in like a week or two. There'll be another wrapper redemption that's kind of tied to it. So I'm not a big fan of innovation basketball. Um, that's all I have to talk about there. Moving right along, I'm going to talk briefly about uh, Panini Prism Soccer that apparently is, quote, sold out at kind of the, um, at Panini's level. So wholesalers and distributors can't get any more directly through Panini. But you can still easily find boxes almost everywhere. eBay, all the online shops, etc. That box is about $108, $110 a box. Here's what I think is going to happen here. And I'm just going out on a limb. I don't know this for a fact. Again, soccer cards kind of coming out around the World Cup are, are kind of, you know, only happens every four years. So it's not like I have a, a long memory to draw back on here. But I, I can imagine this price at 108 might be might be a deal because here's what I think is going to happen. There's a lot of casual soccer fans. There's a lot of people that are going to get wrapped up in kind of the World Cup hype and the World Cup excitement. We're just beginning today. And we're going to be watching it and people are going to be really excited and just getting to know a lot of these players. And if Panini um, has a wide breadth of these players in there and there's some of them towards the end when you get down to the final eight, you know, four teams, two teams, whatever. um, If there's key cards in there, those cards are going to continue to go up. It's not like the World Cup's going to happen and people aren't going to get even more excited about finding out more about these players, trying to get memorabilia of theirs. And these cards are going to be some of the latest and greatest on the market for these guys. And maybe some of their only collectibles and some of the easiest to get. So I can imagine there's going to be a lot of casual fans out there that are going to be looking for these cards. And if it's already sold out, um, I think if you want to bust some of this stuff, I think you're ta- if, you, if you're looking to sell it, now's the time to open it up and start listing your cards and start pricing them. Um. You know, who knows, you know, three months, four months, a year after the World Cup, I don't know where this product will be. Will it still be on the shelf for 108 or less, 90, 60, 70? I don't know. It could be that Panini, I'm sure Panini made a bazillion boxes, but, at, you know, there's quite a bit of interest in the World Cup, and I think the excitement is going to be quite large. I see just in the midterm, just during when the World Cup is happening, I can see prices trending upwards on this product. Now, if Panini made a bazillion boxes and it's it's just hanging around uh, after the World Cup, again, guys are going to be more, you know, a lot of these guys, we don't even know who they are. After the World Cup, you'll know who they are. Even when they stop playing soccer, you'll still remember who they are. And there'll certainly be fans out there that, uh, you know, get a greater interest in the World Cup because of uh, what's happened. So we'll see. We'll see what happens, but my prediction would be in the midterm the price on those boxes are going to go up. I would say into the 120 range, maybe a little higher than that. That would that's just going out on a limb. Moving right along, let's talk about loot crate. Again, I was listening to the Mojo Break podcast and they were talking about how this loot crate, how you can sign up and you get um, essentially a box of stuff. From like a lot of it seemed to be like comic book related or kind of superhero kind of in that genre related type stuff in a box. It's a mystery every month. 
Don't know what you're going to get. You pay the same amount every month, um, depending on what, you know, you can pay by the month and it's one price. If you pay, I think, three-month increments, it's another price. And if you pay it off all at once, it's another price. And people might have a problem with that, but that's how insurance works. I have an insurance bill where if I pay it off for the whole year, it's one price. And if I do it in increments, it's like quite a bit more. It's like 30 or 40% more than the premium. So obviously I'll pay the whole thing off. That's where that's a great example of where being poor actually costs you money. If you couldn't afford to pay off the whole thing, then it's going to cost you a lot more money uh, to, to live. And so, um, so luckily I'm not poor anymore. Uh, but anyways, loot crate, not something I'll probably uh, end up joining, but I heard that Doug and Dan and my brother were, I don't know if my brother was on this show, but they were talking about loot crate and how you can get this. And now it sounded a little bit like a raffle because there are these mega crates and randomly inserted, randomly selected. And I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, are these mega crates that have maybe four or $500 worth of value in them. And uh, certain people get those. And people are apparently open these up on YouTube and they get a lot of views and a lot of interest. And it seems to be uh, interesting. Well, first thing I did after I kind of scanned loot crate is you go to their terms of service because chances are a company that seems to be doing fairly well or seems to have quite a bit of following that quite a bit of fans on Facebook and people seem to appreciate their service. They probably have a pretty ironclad terms of service and they certainly did. First of all, these the, the their business model is totally legal. It's not a grab bag. They guarantee everyone the same amount of value in each box. They say it's like over $40. And my guess is that almost everybody or everybody gets the same stuff in all their loot crate boxes. And it would be, you know, it's similar. It's similar to buying a box of cards. Obviously, if I buy a box of cards, I might get a different jersey autograph. I might get certain ba- different base cards. But I'm gar- in each box of cards, I'm guaranteed, you know, two relics and two autos. Sports cards is slightly different. It's more tilted towards gambling. Loot Crate is pretty uh, pretty above the board business. Very, you know, really easy to understand. These Mega Crates, what they make you do is it's a no purchase necessary. If you are subscribed to Loot Crate, you're automatically entered to win one of these Mega Crates every month. And if you're not a member, you can enter by almost the same fashion you can do no purchase necessary on certain card packs where you can, you know, send in a 355 card and, you know, try to win cards at the same odds as if you purchase the box. And so that's how Loot Crate gets around giving out a Mega Crate because it would be a grab bag if you subscribe to Loot Crate and everybody gets these $40 boxes, but... Oh, certain people, every, you know, certain people get these mega boxes. That would, that would be illegal. That would be uh, more towards a raffle and certainly towards a grab bag where the incentive to buy is really to get these mega crates. Whereas the mega crate, in order to get the mega crate, uh, you don't even have to be a paying loot crate member. So I wanted to maybe... Oh, you know, I've always said that I don't know why nobody has maybe tried this business model. Um, certainly, you, you don't have to do loot crates and model to a T, but the subscription model works really well, especially with sports cards and especially kind of in the group breaking thing. Because part of the problem with group breaking 
is just the time and part of the time outside of sorting the cards and shipping the cards and opening up the boxes on camera and all that stuff and kind of organizing it behind the scenes you've got to actually sell this stuff every time a new product comes out i've got to sell it to my customers yeah maybe you have a redskins guy maybe you got a a, a seahawks guy or maybe you got you got certain lakers guys that come back every month every month every month what's stopping that guy from going to a different breaker or, you know, what's stopping that guy from not, come, you know, maybe missing out. Maybe he wasn't by his computer when you launched the brakes or maybe he wasn't quick enough. That's why you lock these guys in. If they're hungry enough to pay you every month for your service, lock them in. Lock them into a more, uh, you know, lock them into a whole season of the of the Seahawks for, for a certain amount of products. I don't know, but there's something there. So um, certainly you don't have to be even on the group breaking angle. There's lots of pack. You can acquire lots of packs and base cards and all kinds of stuff. And you could have your own little loot crate. Um, you know, you probably even have companies, you know, how loot crate operates is they, they don't go out and buy the stuff. They get it from these companies. They basically develop an audience and then Marvel or, you know, some game company or somebody that's trying to get their product out there or maybe somebody that's trying to dump some inventory, you know, because inventory on your books is is expensive or it doesn't look good sometimes to investors to have a lot of inventory or, you know, certainly real estate space is not cheap for some companies. So getting rid of some stuff is sometimes the best way to do it. And if you give it to Loot Crate, either pennies on the dollar or for free, um, you certainly... Uh, might be advantageous to a, a company, certainly as a form of advertising as well. Um, so you could do that in the card game. Just call up Panini and Tops and Leaf and see if these guys are willing to give you some stuff for your own little sports card loot crate uh, subscription business. Certainly would be uh, relatively creative, but make sure you lock down your terms. This is what I, I don't see. I don't see long really well written and thought out terms of services on websites. I just see people uh, just thinking, oh yeah, I don't need that. Just in case, you know, I process a, a quarter million dollars worth of payments in a year or over two, three years. Oh yeah, I don't need a terms of service. Yeah, right. Moving right along. Panini points. Time to get your rewards on, guys. Go to, again, this domain is horrible. What's the domain? Exchange-PaniniAmerica.net. I mean, if you want to get up on some traffic, just go register PaniniRewards.com or something similar to that. And, um, you know, put up some general information about Panini and some information about the rewards point. You might you might be able to get uh, get up there because this, this is poor. Uh, this is poor. This looks poor. If you, obviously, if you're in the hobby, and you know a lot of you listening to the sports card podcast are probably in the hobby. But think about your. Think about if you had a friend that didn't collect cards, never collected cards, or just hasn't collected cards in a long time. They didn't even know who Panini was. And you're like, hey man, there's these new Panini rewards. You know, you you go to their app or you go to their website and you redeem these these rewards and you can pick your cards and stuff. It's pretty cool. Oh, cool, cool. You know, what uh, What website is it? Where do I go to find out? Oh, it's exchange-paniniamerica.net. Your friend would just look at you like, that doesn't sound, uh, you know, certainly paniniRewards.com. 
would uh, would roll off the tongue a little bit better. But enough about that. I, again, I actually think this is a decent idea. Certainly from a business perspective, this is brilliant. You are, you can go to panini-exchange.com.net and see that they have several thousands of cards up on their rewards page. Um, let's see, actually 1,300 it looks like, not several thousand. They have 13, about 1,300, at least from my quick glance here, up on the exchange and here's 13 cards. i know there was a lot of complaints oh these cards were you know missing from the product or these cards you know why aren't why aren't they in the pack out or whatever well guys well at least they're giving you to them now in the rewards where if they didn't set up this reward site where do you think they'd be they'd still be in the coffers of uh panini america so at least they're putting them out there um and a lot of these i understand you know you as a card company you gotta hold cards back you can't when a card set comes out, you can't put, you know, there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be uh, redemption issues. There's going to be replacements. There's going to be uh, errors. There's going to be uh, damages to the cards, etc. that you have to, um, you know, hold back a certain percentage. I'm sure it's just kind of an industry number. They probably have a certain percentage of, of the car, overall cards that they hold back. It's just not, you do that in a lot of, I mean, you'll do that if you made iPhone five cases or whatever you would you would keep a certain amount of inventory kind of maybe on the side um certainly is kind of almost like a test so this panini rewards has rolled out and if you've been living in a rock and you don't understand how it works essentially starting with score football you are going to be able to find reward points inside of boxes and for the most part these are going to replace redemption cards. And how that's going to work is, you know, it's not going to replace every redemption card. Certainly if there's a Kobe Bryant, uh, he can't sign. They're going to have a redemption for Kobe. If there's a really, really rare card, um, sometimes they have like slabbed cards from Beckett. Uh, the, you know, like the gold cards or the video cards or whatever uh, Panini decides to do, uh, it'll be a redemption. And maybe if it's a super, super thick card, like they've done with some, some cases to kind of cut down on pack searching, it might be a redemption. But for the most part, the you should, I won't guarantee this, but maybe for the rookies, it won't be the case. But these Panini rewards should cut down on the number of kind of bs redemptions that you get instead of saying in you know here's your redemption for a quincy ac autograph rookie card now it's going to be here's 150 points or here's 200 points to panini rewards and you get whatever you want maybe you want quincy ac but so i think that is advantageous to you as a collector some of the uh issues certainly brought up uh, initially, and certainly as this program has kind of gone live here, is, you know, what stops a guy from kind of hoarding the point? You know, who, you know, maybe there's going to be people out there hoarding points. And I liked Panini's uh, response in their blog to this. You know, basically they said, who cares if somebody hoards points? And I totally agree with them. D- that, that is really not something to concern yourself about. If somebody, if these points were free, like if you could get Panini Reward Points for free, then I could see hoarding them might be an issue. Somebody that has a lot of time, somebody that could write a computer script, somebody that you know just finds the technique to get them 
fast and free uh, would certainly have an advantage and get all this stuff. Guys, don't worry about people hoarding these because they're going to cost, they cost you money. You either have to buy them out of the box or you have to buy them on eBay um, one by one, essentially, or in lots. And that costs money. And I understand there's collectors out there with a decent amount of money. And there's certainly going to be ones out there that are going to collect these more than others. But everybody has their limit. Unless you're a quad billionaire, there's nobody that's going to be able to acquire enough of these points to really just hoard them and then be sitting on there clicking refresh when the Kobe Bryant autographs get uploaded. They instantly get them. I mean, guys. Millionaires tend to have boats and fast cars and luxurious homes and vacation homes and cool stuff to do. Not that collecting your Perinini rewards points and stuff like that isn't cool, but hoarding them, being a multimillionaire and hoarding them and make sure and I get, why don't I just go buy the Blake Griffin? You know what I mean? I'm hoarding and I'm buying points to get a Blake Griffin autograph. If I'm that rich, I'll just go and meet Blake Griffin at his house. Or I'll go buy the on Blake Griffin National Treasures autograph. So I don't think all, people were worried about port hoarding, hoarding and kind of being on there and getting all the good cards before anybody. I don't think that'll be a, a, a big, big issue. Might be a minor issue. You might certainly miss out on cards if you're not on there all the time or check it regularly. But... I don't think that's going to be a big issue. Certainly hoarding of the points is not going to be a big issue. Nobody has that kind of money that they just, in free time and, and kind of, again, the points cost money. And if you want these cards and you have the money, you would just go out and buy them yourself. Phase one has no notifications, but in future phases, you're going to be able to tell them, notify me when Kobe Bryant's got uploaded. Notify me when Cleveland Cavalier cards get uploaded. Notify me when Troy Aikman has a card on there. So that is coming down the road. And so if you're worried about missing out or having to be on there all the time, uh, missing it when you're at work or on vacation or something, there'll be a notification system through the app um, and maybe through email and other forms uh, that will notify you of um, future releases on this. But that's not available at the moment. Um, in the Panini blog, they also said that it was going to be a hobby and retail. You're going to be able to find this in hobby and retail products, depending on the product. Some retail products will not have, um, Panini reward points, but some will. So if you only shop at Target or that's the only place where you acquire cards and get cards, you're still going to be able to, um, have a shot at getting these in certain packs. Just scanning the website, the most expensive card on there right now in terms of point, a point value was a Jimmy Butler Immaculate Auto Patch. They wanted 15,000 points for that. That's quite a bit, actually. That was five times what it costs for a Kevin Durant autograph. So a Kevin Durant autograph would cost you 3,000 reward points. And a Kevin Durant autograph is probably worth, you know, if it's just... You know, not really low serial number, just your random, you know, average Kevin Durant autograph. It's worth maybe a hundred, hundred and ten bucks, hundred and twenty bucks, kind of at the higher end. 
So they're asking five times more than that for a Jimmy Butler autograph patch uh, from Immaculate. So they're literally asking, you know, almost $500 uh, in real dollar value uh, for this Jimmy Butler. So I thought that was interesting. Kobe Bryant jerseys and kind of that star level jersey was about 400 reward points. So quite a bit less than, say, like an autograph card. Andrew Luck jerseys were 600 reward points. On the cheap end, the cheapest reward points you could find were 150. And Rajon Rondo, Cara Malone, James Worthy, there was Dennis Rodman. There was actually quite a few um, solid, what I would consider very solid players in that 150, 150 rewards point level. So we'll see how this goes. But overall, I would be excited about this. Again, the, all these cards that Panini is putting up on the reward system, have we ever seen these cards before? Yeah, we've seen these cards before. They've been sitting in Panini's coffers for many of them for the last year, year and a half. And where would they have gone? I don't know. Maybe they would have been stamped with some Black Friday, or I, I don't know. Um, but these cards at least are being made available to the public now. This will also force other manufacturers to probably do something similar to this. And maybe one of them, maybe Tops or maybe Upper Deck or Leaf or one of these companies actually comes up with a better idea. And so that's when I'm, I, I, I am excited about something like this from Panini. Panini's pushing the envelope here. They're taking a risk. They're trying something totally new. And I love businesses that do that. Businesses that do that tend to do better than ones that kind of sit back and just say, oh, we'll just, you know, play it at safe and, you know, we won't do anything risky. and We don't, you know, those are boring businesses. Those ones tend to not have explosive growth or tend to experience any growth. Panini going out on a limb here certainly will inspire other companies out there to probably do the same. So we'll, I'm excited about that kind of prospect coming along, too. But that about wraps it up for today's show, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I don't want to go too much longer. And I also think I've got, you know, I hate yard work on a Thursday. You know, I mean, these guys do these these yard work. It's not really that late. People could be sleeping right now. And I'm certainly trying to report a podcast and got these guys blowing leaves. And they don't even do a good job. You know, these, these guys that do these lawns. They, I often see them just, they just blow it out. They have, they're blowing, they're blowing the leaves out in the street. And then those cars driving by the leaves just go right back in the yard. They don't care. They are just getting their little 50 buck paycheck, $50 a yard, $50, uh, you know, for an hour or so. And they don't really care about your yard. They're not trying to make it look nice, but anyways, they're kind of bugging me. That about wraps it up for today. Good luck with your collection. Enjoy all the sports going on. We are out of here.